You are listening to The Pause Podcast with me, Dr. Benji Epstein, a podcast where we will be giving ourselves the permission to pause. This will be a practical guide to live a life with courage, presence, and authenticity. Join us to reconnect with your most soulful and authentic self by pausing together. All right, welcome, welcome. As has become our tradition here at Pause, we'd like to share a holiday intention, a story, a practice, a meditation to accompany all of us as we prepare for and ultimately celebrate the festival, the Chag of our freedom. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that one of our most constant refrains is that this work cannot be done passively. This is an active and collaborative process. So please listen. Listen, but also practice, not just once or twice, but before the Chag and throughout the Chag. So the real Afikoman present presence that we leave our own personal Egypts from, those presents <laughs> will stay with us. They'll become deeply embedded into our lives far, far beyond the end of Yontif. And of course, this is something, an idea that we could spend hours discussing, but it's Erev Pesach. So our most precious resource, our valuable time is even more precious, <laughs> feels more precious than it already is. Hashem gave us a yantif, a chag, a holiday, and so many people, myself included, during this time, feel a tremendous amount of pressure. And this often leads to a sense of anxiety, of being worried, of feeling terribly stressed, mochin dekatnus, a constricted mind state, which is part of the process, and we have to trust the process, but leaving these mind states, is also part of the program. This is something that we need to extricate ourselves from. The whole exile of Mitzrayim, the gullus of Mitzrayim, the exile of Egypt, was that we were in exile from what our minds knew to be true intellectually. Something we knew intuitively to be the MS, to be the truth, to be living our truths. Yet we didn't have the access point to what we knew conceptually, and to what we actually feel in our hearts. And this is the chasm. This is the gullus that we are attempting to bridge on the night of the Seder. And through preparing beforehand, we can be ready to leave Egypt. And of course, we all know that leaving Egypt did not just happen thousands of years ago on the night of the Seder, but the same way it began thousands of years ago, so too, each and every generation needs to get out of their own collective, and each of us need to get out of our own individual, personal Egypt. So here we go. On the night of the Seder, thousands of years ago, we're told that Hashem was pasach over the doors of our forefathers in Egypt. And what does the word pasach mean? Our conditional reaction is to say it means Passover, hence the name of the holiday, Passover. But as pause listeners, we know that we want to break out of our conditioned reactions and be able to respond in a more skillful way. We also know that the mystics explain when the Torah uses the word 
for the first time, it serves as its archetype, the model, the paradigm, in the light of which all of the subsequent usages of that word should be viewed. And so the first time the word Pesach is used, or more correctly, Pasach, it must be expressing the word's most profound meaning. So what does Ufasach mean? What does it really mean? And when we look to the classical commentators to explain and ultimately uncover the deeper, truer meaning, we see that the word Pesach, Pasach, doesn't mean Passover as we traditionally explain it, but rather it means to have compassion. Vichamal, and I will have compassion on you. Pesach means to have compassion. The entire holiday is built upon Hashem's compassion for His people. And what this means for us is that the entire essence of the upcoming Chag of Pesach, the way to truly become free, to emancipate ourselves from mental slavery, is that even though we might feel unworthy at times, perhaps we've done things that weren't in line with our higher values, perhaps we don't see ourselves worthy of redemption, nevertheless, Hashem says, I have compassion on you. To forget the small self of the I and become greater, to be truly free, to receive the great gifts and lights of leaving Egypt that can only be done through compassion. The essence of the festival of the Chag of Pesach, starting from the preparations weeks before all the way through to the last day of the Chag, is to practice compassion on ourselves and others. To practice compassion on ourselves and others. When we commemorate Pesach, we are commemorating the festival of compassion and reminding ourselves that without it, none of us, none of us would be here. So on the night of the Seder, we need to remind ourselves in the most intimate and personal way possible that when Hashem redeemed us from Egypt, all of us from Egypt, no matter what had transpired in our lives, to the point where some of us even felt that we were indistinguishable from our Egyptian oppressors, Hashem gave and is giving us a gift showing that He cared about us, that He will continue to do the same for each and every one of His children. So on the night of the Seder, we are tasked to remember and relive and re-experience the miracles that Hashem did for each and every single one of us in our lives with love and compassion. And so in this present moment, regardless of circumstances, we can always recognize that our awareness is already free. What gives us freedom is to choose how to respond inwardly to our circumstances, even if our outer circumstances are beyond our control. One of Paz's heroes, H-E-R-E-O's, Viktor Frankl writes in Man's Search for Meaning when he's describing his experiences in the concentration camps. And he writes that everything can be taken from a human being, but one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. So what we have to know viscerally what we have to reiterate, reenact, and remind ourselves on Leil HaSeder, on Pesach night, is that Hashem took each one of us out of Egypt. 
And we therefore must believe with all of our hearts that we can leave any constricted consciousness we find ourselves in. Any situation we find ourselves to be in, we can be free. Every single one of us. We can all be redeemed out of our own loneliness, out of our own exiles, be they spiritual or physical. We could be lonely. We could be missing family. We might not be getting along with family. Worries about Parnassa and health. Guilt over things we've done in the past. Things we've tried to change and it just hasn't been so easy. There are so many different levels of exile. But on the night of the Seder specifically, and on the holiday of Pesach more generally, we tap into the source of all redemptions, to the springtime of the world. It's the simple message of this night that we need to repeat to ourselves over and over again, just as we would convey it to a young child. But in this case, that child is ourselves, to our own inner child. And to say during the Seder, whenever you find the opportunity, Ani ma'amin be'emuna shalema. I believe with absolute faith that the same way Hashem took us out of Egypt so many years ago, He can take us, He can take me out of any constriction, any Mitzar, any Mitzrayim right now. The night of the Seder, the eating of the matzah, specifically reminds us that no matter where we are, no matter what we are facing or have faced, it is always possible to find Hashem and His compassion in the here and now. It is always possible to taste redemption in the present moment. And before we get to the meditation, the practice, I just wanted to share a story from one of Paz's teachers and friends, Rav Judah Michel Shlita, that he shares in his book, Baderech, his magnum opus on page 28, where he shares that Rav Shlomo Karbach was traveling the world and... One time he spent Shabbos in a small community in Texas and he contacted a few people there and they helped him get access to the closest mikvah. He wanted to go to mikvah before Shabbos. Uh, it was not a popular destination for the locals and Rav Shlomo found himself alone there. And after going to the mikvah, he's about to leave and he sees a coarse, brutish looking man with cowboy boots and a 10 gallon hat walking in. And he didn't look like the kind of guy you would expect to meet at a mikvah on Erev Shabbos. Shlomo smiled in his direction, and the man responded to Shlomo in an authentic European Yiddish, What are you doing here? Shlomo was bewildered to hear the mama lushan emanating from this man, without even a trace of a Texas accent. And Shlomo said, Brother, who are you? Please tell me your story, said Shlomo. So this Yid responded to him, well, since I'm immersing in the mikvah on Erev Shabbos, I guess you think I keep Shabbos, right? Rip Shlomo nodded hesitantly. But the man continued, to tell you the truth, sometimes I keep Shabbos and sometimes I don't. And he continued with his story. He said he grew up in Romania. Before the war, when he was seven years old, his father took him to Vizhnitz to spend Shabbos with the Tzaddik, the Ahavas Yisrael, the Ahavas Yisrael of Vizhnitz. And I'm sure you know, the man said, the biggest avoda in Vishnis is experiencing Shabbos with utmost joy. 
There were thousands of people packed in, and it wasn't very simple for a little boy to be there. So his father put him under the Rebbe's table with the other children. They played a little. And the whole night, this Yid was just sitting there, listening to the beautiful singing, the Divrei Torah, which he didn't understand. And every so often, the Rebbe would look under the table, give him a little piece of challah, a little piece of kugel. He said it was the best feeling in the world. And then at a certain point, the Rebbe began to speak, and he heard every word. And the Rebbe said, Okay, Chevra, please, please listen to me. I want you to remember this until your very last day. There are moments when we feel uplifted, pure, connected, on fire for Yiddishkeit or yearning for God. We feel we want to do something great, something holy. But when that feeling comes, there's also a voice inside our head. It's the Yetzirah, whispering, come on. I know who you really are and what you did yesterday and what you did last summer, what you've got planned for later tonight and what you'd like to do tomorrow. Who do you think you're fooling? Be honest with yourself. You're just having a sudden soul attack and it won't last. And then the man said, the vision it's a Rebbe, then jumped out of his seat and yelled, Rachmanus, Rachmanus, have compassion. Tell that Yetzirah to leave you alone for a moment. Tell him to give you five minutes to be close to Hashem. Just five minutes. And then the Rebbe sat down, reached under the table and put his hand on this Jew's head. He bent down close to his ear and said with great sweetness, My precious child, did you hear what I said? I'm begging you, please, don't ever forget it. Have Rachmanus. Have compassion. The man continued that a few years later, the war broke out. His family fled to America, and they didn't have many opportunities for Jewish education, learning Torah, mitzvos. I don't keep very much anymore, he said, but from time to time I get the urge to do something holy, to connect, to express my Yiddishkeit. And I remember what the Vizhnitzer Rebbe said, what's wrong with being holy for a moment, even if five minutes later I might be the lowest? To tell you the truth, I don't know if I'm going to keep this Shabbos. I don't even know if I'll be at Shul tonight, but just for right now. For this moment, I just wanted to go to the mikvah, to be holy, even just for a couple of minutes, to have Rachmanus. So for this practice we're about to do together, it's very similar to the mindfulness of breathing that we've done in the past with pause. We're going to use the same felt sense of breathing as our anchor to the present moment, and each time our minds may wander as minds are known to do, we're going to simply bring it back to the physical sensations of the breath with kindness and without judgment. But unlike in the typical mindfulness of breathing practice, where we simply allow whatever is present to be just as it is in this practice, we're going to actively try to warm it up a bit. And we do so by inviting our awareness to explore the nourishing qualities of this breath, of just this breath that's available to you in this practice. And we're also going to be bringing an awareness of the compassion and kindness that surrounds us each day, starting with the kindness in the room right now. 
Begin by sitting in a comfortable yet dignified posture. And if it feels comfortable for you, just allow the eyes to gently close, taking a few deep and easy breaths in and out. Bringing awareness into the body, into the felt sense of the breath in the body. Allowing yourself to drop into the awareness of being alive, of breathing. And just checking in with your body to notice any tension or stress. If you find any physical discomfort or stress, simply making note of it. And if there isn't any, make note of that too. When you feel ready, check for the presence of any difficult or stressful emotions you might be experiencing. Explore your chest or heart space and see what's there. Meeting either physical or emotional distress is the occasion for our compassion practice. We have a tendency to want to avoid that which is difficult. But in this practice, we actively meet any suffering or discomfort with compassion. And if there's no suffering in this moment, simply noticing that experience as well. Now take a nice deep breath. And now take another one. Notice how the body is being nourished with this breath. Notice how the body is being nourished with this breath. And as best you can, gently shift the focus of your attention to the inhale part of the breath cycle. Just feeling the air coming into the body. Perhaps you can even sense how this feels nourishing, how this feels replenishing. And if this visualization works for you, see if you can imagine breathing in compassion as if the oxygen molecules were carrying compassion into the body. Or it could be a word with each inhalation, like love or gentle or freedom. You could also imagine inhaling light or warmth, whatever works best for you, whatever you need in this very moment. Whatever you need in this very moment. 
And if for whatever reason you're having a hard time connecting to compassion, to kindness, see if you can imagine what it would feel like to be surrounded by love and compassion. Just allowing yourself to be nourished if possible. Taking in the kindness that's around you. So you're breathing in the kindness and the compassion with each inhale as much as possible. Simply allowing yourself to be soothed with each compassionate inhale. Taking it all in just for you. And then when you feel ready, I want you to shift your attention from the inhale to the exhale portion of the breath cycle, feeling the air leaving your body allowing for any tension to melt away with each exhale. And now with each exhale, imagine exhaling compassion with each breath. And if you so choose, you can extend this compassion to someone you know who might be suffering and needing some compassion right now Or perhaps you might prefer sending out compassion to everyone around you. With each exhale, simply allowing some of the abundant compassion that is within you to be transmitted to those in need. Continue to exhale with ease, extending all the kindness and compassion so plentiful in you out into the world. And when you're ready, shifting your attention to now notice the entire breath cycle. Noticing both the inhale and the exhale, breathing deeply in and completely out. With each inhale, taking in some compassion, that is just for you. 
and with each exhale, sending it out to everyone else. As best you can, allow yourself to savor all of this kindness, all of this compassion coming into and leaving your body, finding a sense of ease and balance. Taking in compassion just for you and sending out compassion for everyone else. Taking in compassion just for you and sending out compassion for everyone else. And simply allowing the breath to find its own natural rhythm. Breathing in and breathing out gently with ease. Compassion breathing in just for you. Compassion breathing out for everyone else. Compassion breathing in just for you. Compassion breathing out for everyone else. And with each inhale and exhale, feeling a sense of ease, feeling the compassion all around you. Feeling whole, just as you are. Feeling worthy, just as you are. Feeling free, just as you are. Breathing compassion in. And breathing compassion out. Breathing compassion in and breathing compassion out. One for you and one for everyone else. One for you and one for everyone else. Allowing the soothing sense of compassion to penetrate every cell, every fiber of your being. And then allowing the care and comfort that you're feeling in the body and sending it out for everyone else. Inhaling care and exhaling care. 
Inhaling care and exhaling care. Loving God, you are full of compassion. Your mercies are with me always, every moment of my life, with each breath I take. Teach me to be like you. Teach me to be kind and generous and loving and generous and loving to all of your creations. Please help me to develop true sensitivity and genuine inner compassion. True sensitivity and genuine compassion toward everything, toward everyone in creation, so that I and all of your children may be redeemed. May we merit to sing the new song, the Shir Chadash of Lishana Haba Biushalayim Habinuya, next year, this year in Yerushalayim. Amen. From the Paz family to you, Chag Kasher Vesameach. The goal is soul. Baruch Adonai Liolam. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And of course, to see more content from Pause, you can sign up for our WhatsApp status. Hit the link in the description where we post content every day throughout the day. Content from Dr. Epstein and others. Thank you for listening.